Like the great Josh Pate said, when you're USC, no one cares how good or bad you are. They just look at your logo and prepare for you like they would prepare for Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, or any other good team that is also a blue blood program. Believe me, I think Oregon is going to bring their A game to this matchup. This is a home game in Outson Stadium at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. So a true night game. True, true night game for us out east and in the central of the lower 48 states of the United States of America. But a true night game for the folks out west and for the Oregon and USC fans. By the way... Welcome to the Big Ten. College Football with Sam is a Big Ten-centered channel, but I occasionally do go outside of the Big Ten to cover other games. This is an intriguing game to me because even though I am confident Oregon is bringing their A game, there's a chance that USC brings their A-plus game on both sides of the football, whatever that looks like. Lincoln Riley has had some moments where, as an underdog, he has come through. Remember the 2020 season when Oklahoma dropped out of the polls and then surged back to be one of college football's best teams during the COVID year? USC still has elite talent on offense. They have enough talent defensively to maybe force some pressure on Bo Nix or get some turnovers. Oregon is a favorite here, obviously. Oregon's a top 10 team. They're ranked sixth in the college football playoff. They're 8-1, and 5-1 and one in conference. USC is 7-3, and 5-2 and two in conference. This game does not look good on the surface for USC, but the Ducks have to be careful. One more loss, and the Ducks' playoff hopes are eliminated, and their hopes for reaching the conference championship game, while still alive, are not as certain as they seem right now. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and... Once again, welcome to the Big Ten, Oregon and USC. I have been pleased to have engaged with your fan bases during this awesome 2023 season. If you're a Washington fan, a UCLA fan, or just an enjoyer of Pac-12 football or college football as well, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I post future content for college football in general, Big Ten football, and also, I'll be covering more Pac-12 games this season. I'm definitely going to be covering the Pac-12 championship game. Part of me expects the Pac-12 to field at least one team into the college football playoff. Whether that is Washington or Oregon or no one, we'll have to see how the season plays out. Oregon and Washington still have to play a great Oregon State team. Washington has to play Utah this weekend. And Oregon has to play a USC team this weekend who has de a defense that I've said earlier is, you know, poop on a stick, diarrhea, a rotting corpse on the side of a road, roadkill, like a dead deer that's just been sitting there. But their offense is elite. They have a great player in Caleb Williams, and Lincoln Riley knows how to call good plays. And they also have a good run game as well. This USC offense can be a balanced attack if it wants to be, and I imagine they are going to be motivated to play in a matchup where they have a chance to come out and earn a top 10 win over an Oregon team that I think, along with Michigan, make up the most dominant teams in college football. Michigan and Oregon, in my mind, 
make up Tier 1A in college football right now. And below them, I'd say Ohio State, Washington, and Georgia make up Tier 1B. And I think there's a you know sizable difference between Tier 1A in Michigan and Oregon and Tier 1B in all the other tiers in college football. Make sure to comment your thoughts and analysis and your prediction for this game down in the comments section below so we can have a conversation. Let me know if you think that Oregon has a chance to win the college football playoff, win the Pac-12, and what their future looks like in the Big Ten. And same for USC on regards of their future in the Big Ten. Obviously, they're outside of the college football playoff picture, and it would take a miracle, I think, for them to reach the Pac-12 championship game. Although with only two conference losses, looking at it, there are there's only one team outside of Washington who has less conference losses than USC, and that's Oregon. USC has beaten Arizona. They lost to Utah, but they haven't played Oregon State, and those are the other teams right now who have two conference losses. So if USC wins this game and beats UCLA, their hopes of reaching the Pac-12 championship game are all alive and well. So on the surface, while this game may not look like there's anything for USC to lose, maybe USC's down, there is something for USC to lose. They are still in the hunt for that Pac-12 conference championship. There's more for Oregon to lose, I would argue. Oregon plays on home field, so they're fighting for pride. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They're fighting for a national championship. And if Oregon wins this game, their hopes of reaching the Pac-12 championship game are further solidified. And right now, as I've mentioned this week in my top 10 video and college football playoff predictions, I think Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12. Why is that? Well, Oregon is, they're having a frenzy offensively, and their defense is improving every week. Every week, their defense gets better. They just beat Cal 63-19. to That's the same California team that lost to USC 50-49. to Oregon scores 47.4 points per game. That's first nationally. And they only allow 16 points per game, which is 11th nationally. They're 11th in rushing yards per game on offense, averaging 209.2 rushing yards per game. And they're 4th in passing yards, averaging 330.6 passing yards per game. They have weapons everywhere, whether it's Bo Nix at quarterback, Bucky Irving and Jordan James at running back, Troy Franklin at wide receiver, Terrence Ferguson at tight end. They have weapons everywhere. And for USC, it's no different with Caleb Williams at quarterback, Marshawn Lloyd and Austin Jones at running back, Brendan Rice, Taj Washington, and Deuce Robinson, wide receiver, Lake McCree at tight end. We can't forget about Zachariah Branch, the absolute freak athlete who will be a day one NFL draft pick in the near future at wide receiver and also punt returner. These offenses are phenomenal. What separates both of them, of course, is the defense. USC's defense is allowing 34.5 points per game, which is well outside of the top 100 in scoring defense. Pretty humiliating. Oregon, while I imagine their points allowed per game will go up after this matchup because USC... All season long, USC at worst has scored 20 points in what I think was a fluke performance against Notre Dame, and that's more than the 16 points that Oregon allows. This Oregon defense could be top 10 in scoring at the end of the regular season. They might be top 10 in general. They've just faced 
Washington. They faced California. They faced Texas Tech, Colorado, Washington State, Utah. They're going to face USC and Oregon State. There's a lot of great offenses in that list. Washington's offense is elite. Oregon State's offense is elite. USC's offense is elite. Texas Tech, when healthy and when clicking, has a serviceable offense. Same with Colorado and Washington State. And Cal has a very underrated offense with Jaden Ott at running back. And Oregon held them to 19 points. USC, on the other hand, USC just has to fight and fight. Their offense is to fight their defense to win games. They were very fortunate to come out with that win over California. They were down by two scores, but then through a series of turnovers, and Alex Grinch's defense finally becoming clutch just for a few minutes. USC pulled out a win so that they were at least guaranteed a winning season, which isn't saying much. People were talking about him as if they were national title contenders at the beginning of the season, and while I was wrong about a multitude of teams that I had ranked in my preseason top 25 and some sleeper teams that I had in mind, I was not wrong about USC. I had them going 9-3 and three in the regular season, losing a lot of their later half of the schedule games. I had them losing to Utah. I had them losing to Washington. I had them beating Notre Dame in a close game. They ended up losing there. And I also had them losing to Oregon. I had them going 9-3. and three. They very well could end up going 8-4 and four or even 7-5, and five, which would be a disaster of a season. Grinch has already been fired. Again, this is a game where many are expecting Oregon to win. But is an Oregon win guaranteed? No. And USC, they still have, they still have a great head coach in Lincoln Riley, a questionable CEO, someone who makes questionable hiring decisions, sure. But Riley is a great offensive mind. Overall, I still think he is a top 15, maybe this is too low, but top 20 head coach. And USC has talent. I mean, they're not lacking in star power on either side of the football. That was never the problem defensively. The problem was Alex Grinch, awful coordinator. And Sean Nua and another assistant are taking over as co-defensive coordinators for the remainder of the 2023 college football season. I mean, USC's defense has just been absolute disaster. There's no getting around that. Sean Nua and Brian Odom, I believe the brother of Barry Odom, I think there's a relationship there. They're going to be co-defensive coordinators for the remainder of the season because Grinch was fired and let go immediately following that Washington loss. And yeah, no longer with the program. He'll probably find a, a job at a lower level program or maybe as an analyst at a Power 5 program. I have no clue. But USC does have talent. And despite this being a road game, despite all odds seemingly being against USC, and everyone picking against USC, by the way, 89% of you are picking Oregon to win. Only 11% are picking USC to win. For a Power 5 matchup of teams with similar talent, with similar head coaches, Dan Lanning being a genius defensive mind, although I think right now he's appearing to be a better CEO than Lincoln Riley, and Riley being a young, genius offensive mind, both are young head coaches who are still learning, who have talent. Both programs right now, well, I'd argue USC's not a top 25 team, and Oregon is a top 10 team. USC is still an average above average. I'm going to sit around average more so, power five team. 
That means they're a above average to good FBS team. Football power index views them favorably. They're 20th. They're top 20 there. They're 17th to be exact. Oregon's third in FPI, only behind Ohio State and Michigan. Oregon is favored by 15.5 points according to Vegas. The supposed FPI line is Oregon minus 14. So there's an agreement between FPI's projected line and the Vegas line that Oregon should be, they should win by two touchdowns about. My potential power index will be operating next week. Perhaps I'll be able to get some predictive numbers for my picks or for a Patreon post, maybe for even a short YouTube post tomorrow, at least for the games that I've covered so far. I'd expect potential power to favor Oregon probably by an extra touchdown compared to these two, although potential power is more so projecting how each team will win by how much rather than how much they should be favored by or will win on you know a given average although there is some similarity. But that's that's a topic for a different day. If you want to get some extra content and also support the channel, and by extra content, I mean check out Potential Power, learn a little bit more what I'm talking about with my own power ratings, which were 50% against the spread until I temporarily shut it down to update it, and 75% against the money line. You can check out my Patreon and join as an All-American or Heisman member. Get to support the channel get potential power and my own advice when it comes to making picks about who is going to win X football matchup on any given week. Oregon's given an 83.8% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. Again, though, that pick of 89% of y'all, 2,310 as an estimate, picking Oregon to win is similar to Ohio State being picked to win over Indiana, or Michigan being picked to win over Michigan State. Those are similar numbers to those polls, which implies that Oregon is being treated like a national title contender. USC is being treated like a sacrificial lamb, with only about 290 of y'all picking USC to win. Your vote matters, so vote on my community posts, subscribe to the channel, and you'll get notified and you'll get hit with these posts and you're recommended. And your vote will be featured on here because I take the results of those polls and translate them into my preview and prediction videos. I I have a weird feeling about this game, and I don't know if I'm going to factor it into my prediction or not. I feel like a lot of people are looking at this matchup and they are straight up, you know, picking Oregon to smash to just smash USC almost blindly. But there's an understanding of that because I think that Oregon is better. I think Oregon's a better football team at every position except for special teams. Every position. If we were to do a position advantage on this video, which we're not because it's a, a shorter video, but if we were to go into the position advantages and players to watch, and I'll delve into that a little bit, I'd give Oregon a 9-1 to advantage. And it wouldn't be like a 9-to-1 advantage like I have with Michigan over Penn State where there's a lot of debatable areas or Michigan has leads in 9 out of 10 position groups, but they're small leads. Oregon is a sizable lead at every position on defense. They have a sizable lead at offensive line and tight end. They have a lead, I think, at wide receiver. I think Troy Franklin's a better wide receiver than anyone USC has. Though there is debate that USC has a better wide receiver room because I think they have a deeper wide receiver room. 
There's a significant lead at running back, and there's also, I think, a small lead at quarterback. And I think Oregon has the better staff. So they're overall a better team. There's a reason why they're favored by double digits, and there's a reason why many people you know, think that this could be a blowout win, a big win, another feather in the cap for Dan Lanning. Looking at Action Network, and the numbers are somewhat similar. 71% of people are picking Oregon to cover that two-touchdown spread. And when you go to the money line for this matchup, 43% of people are outright picking Oregon to win. 57% of bets are picking USC outright to win. And I think that's because there's a lot of value, probably at plus 575. Oregon did drop a home game similar to this one against Washington, who just barely re-entered the top 25 when they faced Oregon last season. And through Oregon failing on a fourth down on an aggressive call that I think was the right call, but Noah Whittington slipped, and through big pass plays against a secondary that is vulnerable, and Oregon's secondary still is vulnerable, Washington won. And I think that's the path for USC to win, is you pass, you pass often, you run to keep the defense honest, but you what you mainly do is you try and give Caleb Williams as much protection as possible, you go five wide or involve tight end Lake McCree, you do as much as you can to pass the football as fast as you can, get the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands as fast as you can as well, because he's tried to make some Patrick Mahomes-esque plays, and sometimes they work, other times the improvisation turns to disaster. And this Oregon defense has 28 sacks on the season, 39 passes deflected, 8 interceptions, and 6 forced fumbles. Their leader in sacks is Brandon Dorless with 4. He also has 5 passes deflected, a fumble recovery, and 19 total tackles. Evan Williams has 3.5 sacks. And Jordan Birch, the transfer from South Carolina, has 3. So Oregon can get after the passer. USC's offensive line has allowed Williams to get sacked 26 times this season. Last year, Caleb Williams, through 14 games, got sacked 30 times. His offensive line and pass protection has regressed compared to last season. You have to get the ball out early. You have to use your wide receivers. And Caleb Williams has to play his A-plus game. He can't play like he did against Utah or against Notre Dame. Not even close to that. Or even Arizona State or Colorado where he had a pick. He's going to have to play perfect, I think. Oregon will take advantage of this defense. They will tickle this defense until it laughs itself to death because it's that pathetic. Um, Oregon is an 8-1 and one football team. Big favorite by both my community of subscribers, by college football at large. And I think the better team. I think that's obvious. But... USC, they have weapons. I mean, Caleb Williams has 2,958 passing yards and 28 passing touchdowns, four interceptions, a 175.9 passer rating. Statistically, he has improved compared to last season. I just think because of USC's losses and also a bad performance against Notre Dame that threw him out of the Heisman conversation. Marshawn Lloyd is 766 rushing yards. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry, and he has eight rushing touchdowns. Those numbers, to a certain degree, though, are skewed. USC this season has passed more times than they have ran, and I think that a Lincoln-Riley offense doesn't function well. They, they typically function well when they run for a greater percentage than they pass, 
That's not been the case with USC this season, nor was it the case last season. And I think that's part of the reason why, at times, USC's offenses under Riley compared to his offenses under Oklahoma, at least from 17 to 19, have looked kind of gross at times. And they've looked very elite at other times. In 2022, I think having Jordan Addison helped alleviate some of that lack in the run game compared to what we have typically seen from, you know, Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon and other running backs whose names I forget from 17, 18, and 19 when Oklahoma was averaging seven, eight yards per carry on the ground, just nuts numbers that we haven't seen yet. Lloyd and Jones are a good running back duo. However, they haven't been given a lot of carries per game, and I thought they should have gotten more carries against Washington. I thought they should have gotten more carries all around the season. This is not a game where I think you want to go run heavy if you're USC. This is a game where you, you know, Lincoln Riley runs an air raid. It's not a Mike Leach air raid, but it's more closer to, I'd say, like a Sonny Dykes or Gary Patterson, you know, Big 12, 2010s style air raid and what you need to do is you need to live up to the name of air raid and just pass all around because Oregon's secondary and their pass defense is not as good as their rush defense I think they have a top 10 top 15 run defense in terms of yards allowed per carry when you look at defensive passing efficiency Oregon for a while was outside of the top 25 when it came to passer rating allowed Look out for Taj Washington, who has 833 receiving yards. I think Zachariah Branch could have a breakout game here. Dorian Singer has been relatively quiet throughout the season. Um, Deuce Robinson only has nine receptions. I wouldn't be surprised if some of these less-used players or younger players step up in a matchup like this against Oregon. Now, speaking of Oregon, I want to touch on some of their players before we move on. Bucky Irving is 821 rushing yards, and he's averaging 6.9 yards per carry with nine touchdowns. Jordan James is 554, or 45, rather, rushing yards, and nine rushing touchdowns as well. I think Oregon has the best rushing attack in all of college football. They're averaging 6.4 yards per carry, which is insane. They have 1,883 rushing yards, 28 rushing touchdowns. They actually pass more. They have a higher pass percentage than run percentage, but their run game is extremely successful, averaging, again, 6.4 yards per carry on the ground and averaging 9.4 yards, nine, actually, yards per play through the air. Bo Nix is 2,723 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, and only two interceptions. He has a 180.1 passer rating. He has a chance to enter his name into the front runner of the Heisman Trophy conversation because he'll likely put up big numbers against this defense. And he has an 85.6 QBR, which is third nationally. He's also been only sacked four times, and he has a reliable receiver in Troy Franklin, who is only 54 receiving yards away from breaking 1,000, and he has 10 receiving touchdowns. So Oregon's offense, better than USC's, I think, and their defense is obviously much better than USC's. But college football is not decided by paper. It's decided by matchups, by emotions, by a multitude of things. And USC, USC is a team with a lot of potential, but it's wasted potential. They made the mistake of bringing back their defensive coordinator when Alex Grinch should have been fired after last year. And this is what you get. I think Oregon 
will allow points. I think USC will have an effort in this game. But eventually, Oregon's going to break a two-by-four over USC's back. And I think they're going to, you know, add on whatever amount of points USC scores. Oregon will add on and then some. I have a definition of beating a team to a pulp. When Team A beats Team B to a pulp, that means Team A scored double the amount of points that Team B scored and then preferably added a few cherries on top. So they beat they, they beat their opponent by even more than their opponent's total score, and it was a dominant performance via the eye test as well. Like you knew early on that Team A was going to crush Team B. I think Oregon will beat USC to a pulp here. Williams will be sacked three or more times, but he will throw for 300-plus yards and three-plus touchdowns. I think this will be a close game for a half. And then second half, what happens? Oregon will take over. They'll score 63 points in this game. USC's rushing attack will struggle, and making the Trojans' offense one-dimensional, I think, will hurt Lincoln Riley and him and his team's campaign for an upset here. I feel like Brian Odom and Sean Nua as co-defensive coordinators, you know, you got to make a change. You had to fire Grinch after his horrid string of games just to ensure, you know, the future was bright. But you made a sacrifice there. And I think the sacrifice will be that this defense might be even worse than we've seen from USC all year. Maybe they play with an inspired effort. But Sean Nua hasn't been a defensive coordinator at the Power 5 level ever. And I don't know if Brian Odom has either. So... It's going to be interesting to see how USC's defense operates. Regardless, I think Oregon will pass for 300-plus. They'll run for 250-plus, just like Washington did. And Bo Nix will be the Heisman favorite after Saturday night's epic performance. So 63-31, to 31, a total of 94 points. That's my score prediction for this game. Maybe I'm too high. That's more than 20 points over the projected total by ESPN bet, which is which are the odds provided by ESPN as, you know, ironically their own betting service. But I think Oregon will have a great game. I think Oregon is one of the most dominant teams in the country. They're not perfect by any means. They don't have an elite defense. They have a great maybe they can evolve into a near elite defense. And if they hold USC to under thirty points, I think I'd consider them in that conversation. Also, depending on how the game just plays overall. But Oregon is one of the most dominant teams in college football. I think that more than five times out of ten, they'd beat Washington on a neutral field. They'd be favored over Washington on a neutral field. I think they're better than Washington right now. I have Washington ranked fourth, and I have Oregon ranked second. And that is not in my power rankings. That's straight up in my rankings. I think Oregon is that much of a better team. They just failed on fourth downs. Dan Lanning didn't have a good game. Keelan DeBoer outcoached Dan Lanning despite having a roster and a team that I think overall is inferior. Oregon is going to play with their hair on fire and play amazing games, I think, right up until the end of the season. However, I do have some concerns surrounding this game in the sense that I wouldn't be surprised if USC can keep this game close and within striking distance and if Caleb Williams can pull off a clutch win, I would not be, I wouldn't be shocked into a heart attack if USC won. I would be surprised 
that would make my eyes roll a bit or it would maybe make my eyes go wide for a few seconds, but it wouldn't be a game that I would have to process for a day. I can see Oregon and USC engaging in a shootout and USC coming out on top, but I think Oregon's going to win. They're going to cover. They're going to win big 63 to 31. Thank you so much for watching this video. I want to give a shout out to my patrons, Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg. Thank you for being Heisman patrons. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Noah DLC, SFS Inverted for being all Americans. And for Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah, thank you for being all conference patrons. Have a phenomenal night, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye bye.